What the heck is up, everybody? Today is February 6th. Monday, February 6th. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, it's been a week or so since I've had the podcast, so thanks for tuning in. Today we're gonna have a we're gonna talk about the new dog of the week. Joining pretty good company with the last couple, we have Ben Sizelove and NBA Youngboy, who have been former dogs of the week. Well earned. What a reward. We have one more person that joins those high ranks. We're gonna introduce him this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL. We hadn't talked yet about the conference championship games that came up over the past week. We now know what the Super Bowl holds. That's coming up this next Sunday, but we'll play a little catch up and then we'll look forward just a little bit in the NFL. I'm also going to release this week's college basketball people's top 10. This was mostly meant for football, but we've been getting on a couple people asking about you know, uh, who's who's up now, you know, what's going on with the people's top 10. So we did uh, do a review and we went through the approval process this week. So, you know, buckle up, guys. You're in for a good one at the end of this episode. Regardless, uh, I'll start out today with the dog of the week. I won't make you guys wait that long to hear about the new dog of the week this time. Long and behold, we have a, a content creator, uh, an amazing person. He's gotten, he's the biggest YouTuber now on the planet right now. And he might become the first YouTube billionaire, making it kind of like a, a big business per se. Dog of the week goes to Mr. Beast. For those of you that don't know who Mr. Beast is, he does a lot of giveaways. He gives back to all of his fans like a lot of good YouTubers do. But this past week, he's gone completely viral even on mainstream media because he was basically quote-unquote curing the blind. In this week's episode, he had a thousand blind people or you know mostly blind people. Um, by mostly, I mean they most they can't see out of most of their eye, but they might have some visibility. Regardless, they can be categorized as blind. And he was able to help them see for the first time. It was awesome. Mr. Beast has done some crazy things in the past to give back to his fans and his community. But this one definitely takes the cake and it was it went global. Um in this viral video actually did cause some backlash, which Come on, guys. I mean, yes, I get it. I get where the argument's coming from. Basically, it stems from the ideology of corporate greed and everything. He's a YouTuber, man. <laughs> um, there's absolutely no way that... I don't know. Anyways, basically, they're saying that it didn't come from the bottom of his heart. Uh, he's just using these really awesome things for just views and yeah, no, not, not exactly, but he's a YouTuber. He's trying to get people to click in, watch these cool things that happen. But I guess you can't have everything. And it stinks that something that has really helped him blow up is kind of people are taking it in a way where they are trying to make it backfire against him. So all I got to say is I'm on the side where I feel like it's more reasonable to assume like this guy did not have to fucking go in and have a bunch of blind people, you know, uh, have, have their surgeries taken care of free of charge. 
He did it out of the kindness of his heart. And it, yes, of course, it's supposed to get views. That's everything. That's what the networks do too. I mean, he's not a corporation. and He's been very vocal that every, every bit of money he puts in and gets back out of as profit, it's going right back to him. In some way, it's going into the channel to make like super cool videos and being able to fly people in to include them in these videos. It's just really cool what he's doing. So I think he's well worthy of dog of the week for this week. There's been some awesome people that have come in and been dog of the week. NBA Youngboy, top tier rapper, iconic personality, Ben Sizelove. Not a womanizer, but holy moly, was he making some ground in the dating pool the other weekend. So congrats to my buddy Ben. Um, we have another great person joining the pool. So former dogs of the week, I'm excited to maybe have a couple more in the future. So yeah, congratulations, Mr. Beast. You did it. I know uh, this is just a cherry on top for what you did, but uh, you earned it, young man. Dog of the week. Never gets old. Excited to have a couple more of those in the future. All right, the next thing I kind of had on my list, which uh, I guess sidebar, right now I'm drinking coffee. And just a uh, forewarning, right now I'm recording this at 4.30 p.m. I used to have a rule, and I mostly have a rule, that I should not drink any coffee after a certain time of day. And usually, realistically, that's like 12 o'clock, and I got a buffer period. If it's between 12 and 1 o'clock right around the lunch hour and I don't know if, if it take if it sounds like it'd go good with my lunch, I'll occasionally have some type of coffee between that hour right around the lunch hour. This is absolutely crazy for me to be doing this because I, I just I wanted to get something out to you guys this week and things book up pretty fast. And I wanted to make sure I didn't go on a two week hiatus from you guys because I did get some people asking about what happened last week. But I, w I wanted to make sure I got out for you guys. So I, I'm, I roasted a little bit of coffee at an unreasonable hour. It's actually psychopathic material. It, it's a psycho, it's an awful thing to do, to be honest. But I had to make sure I get out here and uh, give you guys a little something to listen to during the work week or doing whatever you do when you listen to this. So yes, I... Occasionally, I'll take a drink break, and that is coffee. It's not anything super weird like energy drinks. I'm not on a binge like that, but I do need something to kind of liven me up, you know, give you something to work with for today. So I'm going to talk about this more in the future because I do feel like you should not be drinking coffee after, in my books, one o'clock. And everybody should have that in their brains. Like anybody that does drink coffee should kind of have an understanding of when it's inappropriate. And for me, it passed hours ago, but I have to go with it. I have to get a little bit of energy because I'm not trying to do the whole um, sugar galore with fucking energy drinks and all that. So just just if you hear me drinking every once in a while, it's not a beer, it's, uh, it's just coffee. It's me trying to get something to rile me up a little bit. Regardless, next thing I had on the list to talk about today had to do with Tom Brady. Everybody's heard now. Tom Brady retired again. Good for him. He's got a big deal now with Fox. Supposedly, I still feel like we might have some new news coming up here in the next month or two because he's done this before and I'm not, 
Call me crazy, but I don't want to get fooled twice, you know what I mean? Good for him. But in reality, if you really think about it a little bit more, Giselle definitely won this breakup. Giselle, his wife, she was super successful with or without him, and that's awesome. But if you really think about it in terms of somebody winning a breakup, Giselle 100% won. The whole reason, you know, for basically most of the reason for the divorce stemmed from him choosing to retire to be with his family and her more. And then he goes back on his word, but becomes a football guy and, you know, plays one more year. And he, he has the most subpar year. He was about to go out on top. And then he led a losing record team. They did win the division, but it was a shitty division. They went under 500. They made the playoffs. They underperformed. They did. It was not worth losing a supermodel 42-year-old wife for. That's for damn sure. But you look at all of it throughout the marriage. I mean, think about the kids and Giselle. They kind of had a win. They moved from New England over to Tampa. Win. They, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing her pop up on social media because she's empowered to go back to modeling. This whole breakup not only made her glow up, be in a nice area, but boy, she's back on the modeling scene and she's better than ever. So, uh, yeah, somebody can go back to their job and succeed. That sounds for sure. So Giselle, I mean, I just, I don't think she earned enough credit. I, I've latched on to some dudes in this podcast, talk great things about Pete Davidson, um, you know, awesome for him. This is kind of a similar situation. She's kind of, you know, always been, if you really think about it, yeah, Tom Brady's more popular. She made more money in the first place. She ain't worried about getting his money. That's not even the reason that she won the breakup. Honestly, if they split it even, even like she's losing more, but she made one of the most popular people, an icon in football, arguably the best quarterback of all time in some people's eyes. She made him look like fucking trash because she all of a sudden goes work boss mode. And she, you know, I don't know. I just, I, th I feel like it, it needs to be said. This week has been all about Tom Brady, oh, his second retiree. But I think that we need to be talking a little bit more about the girl behind the scenes. Girl power, baby. That's what this podcast is all about. Congratulations, Giselle. Giselle, I mean... You're not a dog of the week by any means, and you didn't earn dog of the week because that's a very big title to have. But I'm watching you. You'll be on my radar a little bit. We might become a pro Giselle podcast. That's for sure, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Oh, I did have one more note. I guess I already brought up Pete Davidson, but it'd be nice to you know see a new guy come on into her life. She's got to rule the single market for forty-two and up. You know anybody over forty, you're not gonna find a better single mother, single girl in that age group. I mean, she's got a maid, and I think it'd be awesome. I think it would make for the best sit, basically the best reality TV show. Way more popular than Keeping Up with the Kardashians. If we were able to follow her life, she gets a big network deal, and then just somebody absurd ends up being a big part of it. Like Pete Davidson. Imagine if anybody pretty big in pop culture ends up dating her, especially somebody half the age of Tom Brady. 
You can't tell me that people wouldn't tune in weekly. I think keeping up with Kardashians was annoying. I think that whole family was a little annoying. I know they were influencers and everything. Um, I didn't like it. But I think this is something that a lot of people will tune into. You'll get the football gurus because they're like, oh, I wonder how Tom Brady's doing. I miss him. I don't see him on Sundays all the time now. He's not on the news as much anymore. Then you'll get the, you know, the people, the girl stands, you know, you'll get those people talking about their queen Giselle. She could easily become top tier. And then you just add in one other boyfriend to just make it so tense whenever there's an altercation or any type of talking communication moment between Tom and this dude way younger than him that he knows that his wife is nailing now. His supermodel wife, I might add. I think that makes for good television. And I also think if this ends up being a thing, that I should get royalties for it because it was trademarked on this podcast first. Right? Just a oh, food for thought moment right there. Moving on, we'll talk just a little bit about the NFL now. I got a lot to talk about and a lot to cover. I'm only going to hit kind of some summary, some key points. There's really only two games to talk about right now, and then there's the Super Bowl coming up. I hadn't talked about the conference championship, but one of the games was a complete blowout. You look back on it, the Eagles played the Niners. It stinks that we didn't get to see the Niners at their best. The Niners at their best are insane. Brock Purdy even made them a very... They, he made them a championship-level team, and he was a fourth-string, third-string quarterback. Yeah, third string. Regardless, it stinks that the Eagles won so easily because throughout the year, the Eagles were getting listed as a team that were fraudulent. They hadn't played anybody all year. Blah, blah, blah. They've also been beating teams handily. Now, I'm not about to say bang, bang, bird gang or anything on you guys, but I am about to say that they're the real deal. Yes, they're easy to hate because Philly's kind of a, a city that has some fans that most fan bases will shit about. Them in Buffalo tend to have fan bases where they get talked bad about a lot. Then you got, you know, like my team, Green Bay. We don't, we don't really have, we're actually way too nice to visitors sometimes. But you look back on it, they have awesome home field advantage. Nobody... I mean, you hear some of these head coaches talk about how they prep people to go into Philadelphia for an away game. It's insane. They're, uh, you know, at minimum, everybody they walk by in a Philly jersey is flicking them off. That's minimum. Not much what else they say, what they do to annoy you. It's kind of funny watching it sometimes, but when it's your team and you're you know, a fan of your team is getting booed. You, you usually take offense to it. But in my in my eyes right now, Packers don't have a rivalry with Philly. We don't have anything going on about that. It's more a matter of, I don't know, it's just, it's good good content. I mean, you see it on Twitter, you see it on social media. It's, it's fun to see. I'm kind of riding the bird gang a little bit right now. I did like seeing what they could do. That was fun. Now, on the other hand, we have the 49ers, and they're heading into the offseason. One of the most skilled teams missing one key piece, which is a quarterback. First of all, they need to get one of two people healthy, 
and we've already had indicators that has told us that Jimmy G is gone. He posted something on the, the Twitter page, which is at, you know, by the way, it's at untitled underscore the pod. Give it a, you know, follow, you know, subscribe, all that. Give us a like. I don't care. Retweet us. Hell yeah. Anyways, I saw that and I talked about it because I like Jimmy G. Go back to my first couple podcasts. I'm not worshiping Jimmy G, but I like him. He does every, he does a lot of things so right. And he's fun to watch because of it. If you just if you have a good group around you, he will take you to a good quality season. You know what you're getting almost every single week. He's going to make one team really happy this year. I'm kind of excited to see who it is, and it won't be the Packers because we're about to put a lot into Jordan Love. Uh, otherwise, we're going to give him away and give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of a run. Packers' whole offseason is going to be really interesting as well, but that's a whole different story. Jimmy G is out of uh, San Francisco. For his sake, I hope that he moves to a place that's relatively warm because he's about to go from San Francisco when you're rich. is such an awesome place to be. I mean... Um, it's, it's hard on uh, lower class citizens. There's a very expensive housing, but if you don't have to worry about money, it doesn't get, oh, I mean, San Francisco is a pretty awesome spot to start your career. So, well, I guess outside of new England. So he's got the weather going for him. So he's had a little bit of a couple different experiences, but I hope that he moves to like, you know, Atlanta or something. Um, maybe Tampa Bay now they're, Looking for a quarterback. I, I hope it'd be Jameis, but Jameis, I don't know. I think he'd be fun going back there. It's it's going to shake up a lot, and I think the Niners offseason is going to be one of the biggest ones to watch because they've been a very skilled team, missing one of the key pieces on their team, which is a quarterback. They don't need much, and I think everybody can admit that they don't need a ton. They just need somebody consistent and reliable, which kind of has looked like Brock Purdy. He's going to miss a lot of the offseason because he's hurt now, but you never know, man. Um, he could come off and have a pretty good start to the season. Um, as long as he's not too rusty and doesn't lose a step on Trey Lance because he's going to recover a little faster. You just kind of wish Brock Purdy had more uh, time to develop over this first offseason. The first offseason is so big. You now know what to expect. You can train accordingly. You've learned. You can kind of take lessons learned and move forward. So that stinks he'll miss that. But I still think he's consistent in a good system. He's a good quarterback. He's played so much football, man. He played at ISU for a long time. He's been around the game even though he's a rookie. So... All right, on to the AFC. We got the KC Chiefs. They outlasted the Bengals. You've heard a lot of stuff. Uh, overall, my only big takeaway from this game was that Mahomes, this game kind of had a similar feel to when LeBron won the 2016 championship with the Cavs. It kind of put him at a legacy moment where it made it that much easier for people to argue the point that he's better than MJ. I'm not getting into that point at all. Maybe I will in a later episode, but it did feel like this was a moment, him beating a, the defending AFC champions that went to the Super Bowl last year, and a, a very good team yet again this year. He beat them on like one leg, maybe three quarters of a leg. Anybody that watched that game knew that 
Patrick Mahomes did not look like himself. That is an understatement. Somehow on one leg, he still did some spectacular things. Got the uh, you know the championship game MVP, put up big numbers, and got a team that uh, you know they're a good team. Chiefs are a good team, but he had you know he was working with a lot less talent in the receiving core this week. He was missing some big guys, um, some main people from this past year that he's relied on, and. You know, we kind of had to take guys like Marquise Valdez-Scantling and make them look even better than they are. I'm not saying he's bad. In fact, I like Marquise because he used to be a Packer and I thought he had some potential. But when your best cornerback starting to lock in on what would have been your wide receiver three in another game, it's hard. He can't move around. He, you know, he's limited. It also helps helps you understand just how great of a coach Andy Reid is because he was able to set up a game plan where Mahomes didn't have to stay in the you know he didn't have to wait too long he got the ball out quick people were open but it also definitely you could tell Mahomes was making some plays yes uh, you know there was some controversy about that last out of bounds uh, unnecessary roughness he was out. He, Nobody could tell me that it did not look like Patrick Mahomes was running off the field because he definitely was. And I get it. It stinks to lose that way, but Patrick Mahomes made some plays and he definitely gave himself a really good argument for being the not only the best quarterback in the NFL right now, but one of the best quarterbacks all time. And it stinks to talk about it when he's in the middle of his peak, but... I think we can start having that conversation with a lot less disagreement. People, Some people won't like it. Nobody likes every argument about who's the best, but Patrick Mahomes has officially stepped into the chat. If, he had, if some people didn't think he was already in the conversation, I think this year is going to, regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl, I think this was a year that kind of helped define him a little bit. All right, guys, we got the Super Bowl this next week. You know what that means, right? Super Bowl ads. Bad food and a little bit of football. I actually, I don't, you know, sounds uh, cheesy and everything, but I like I like the Super Bowl, like, halftime show. I like the Super Bowl advertisements. I like that sometimes more than the actual game. It's only one game, and sometimes it's not even a good game. And so you get excited about other things. I'm a comedy guy. I like, uh, I like to laugh at things. Super Bowl advertisements are what gets talked about every year. And so I'm excited to kind of maybe next week after the game, oh, do a little debrief of some of the advertisements that came out and what was good, what maybe what's hot, what was not so hot. We've already seen a couple of them come out. Uh, they debriefed already there's a breaking bad one for pop crackers they got uh aaron paul and brian cranston in that little you know version of breaking bad they've already been doing a couple of them but they're doing a new one for the super bowl excited to see that yeah i think i got some type of betting game that i'm doing for it not super bowl related it's uh it's something different uh it, it has to do with the last digit of the game you know what it is and i'm betting on a number i'll get a payout if it happens have no idea what it's called kind of forgot it but 
Should be fun. Uh, besides that, there's one game left in the year. So far, if last time I looked, the Eagles were one and a half point favorites against the Chiefs in this game. I thought long and hard about this, and I'm just gonna do one straight shot for the Super Bowl. I'm already doing a couple other betting things for this next, you know, next week or so, but I have chosen that for this game, I'm doing one straight shot, and I'm doing Eagles minus one and a half. Listen, I, I love the Chiefs, and I think this was an incredible year for them. I like the Eagles in this game, though. They have Jalen Hurts, though he's still injured up a little bit, and you could tell a bit. He, this team is is so stout. They have more playmakers. They, they do remind me of a version of the Niners with a different game plan. They got so many great skilled positions, and the awesome thing is the Eagles were able to build around the draft and just a couple, like the main key player that they did not draft is A.J. Brown. They're relatively healthy. Actually, they're extremely healthy with the exception of Jalen Hurts. The Chiefs are beat up. Even at, even if and when they get, you know, that we're receiving core back um, for this last game because everybody's going to play with every last breath that they have. That's how football works. It's a man's game. They're going to be beat up. They're going to be rusty. And I could foresee them having a very shaky, scratchy first quarter, maybe first half. The Eagles are, are good, man. They're beating teams as they should. And I think the Eagles get off to a hot start here, and I think they're able to hold on. Mahomes will do some things at the end of the game to make it close. He'll make it a game, and Mahomes will not lose by a lot. But one and a half is pretty much money line. So it's, uh, it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to bet on Eagles one and a half, but it stinks to bet against the Chiefs. And it always seems like a silly thing to do. In my mind, the minute you bet against the Chiefs is the minute that they prove you wrong. I've been doing it all year against the Eagles and the 49ers, though, too. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And something's telling me that this is the time the Eagles make it work. So, one more note and one more thing that you should take with a grain of salt is the fact that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is currently working on filming season 16 right now. How fucking cool would it be to have another one of those where they talk about the riots that happen, they get with the crazy Eagles fans, give them something to talk about. I think that'd make for some good content, and maybe part of me really just wants to see that happen. I don't know. I just, uh, I've been getting a little into Sonny again. I've been seeing some of the clips that they've been doing with Danny DeVito, Rob, uh, you know, all those boys. So maybe it'd be nice to see that. Maybe it gives me something to cheer on for, for my uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. One of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's pure comedy. It's been one of two shows, in my opinion, that have withstood cancel culture. That in, that in South Park has somehow been able to uh, withstand with some of their types of humor. 
I don't know. I think they deserve it for a little bit. I want to see some. Uh, I want to see some news. It's been kind of cold the last couple weeks. They've been trying to just preview the Super Bowl for two weeks. Besides the Grammys, there's really not been that much that's happened in pop culture. I don't have much to talk about with that. But I don't know. Bird, <laughs> bang bang, bird gang, baby. I'm going with the Eagles this this year. All right, guys. I haven't done a people's top 10. It was mostly supposed to be based and emphasized during the football season, but I have got people that ask about the college basketball people's top 10 every once in a while. Um, first note, I got a lot of Iowa State fans that watch this. You guys are honorable mentions. You guys have had an awesome season. I've actually, I've absolutely really enjoyed watching Iowa State. They win big games. They play tough teams every week. So just because you didn't make the list this week does not mean that you guys have not had a hell of a season or that you aren't making any buzz in the people's top 10. Yes, the people are talking about you. There's just a couple teams that have earned it a little bit more as of this week. So just a side note there. All right, college basketball people's top 10 as of 2-6 this morning. At number one, we have Florida Atlantic University. Currently 16-5 and five at the spread. They beat Charlotte 67-52 as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Congratulations to the number one team right now, who was making noise in our last podcast, uh, College Basketball People's Top 10 too. At number two, we have San Diego coming out of nowhere, baby. Currently 18-5 and five at the over. Last game, they beat Loyola Marymount 87-79. The total points in that game was projected to be at set at 151. Over, baby. Number three, we have Pittsburgh. Yeah, working hard over on the East Coast, baby. 16-6-1 at the spread. Last, last game, they beat North Carolina 65-64 as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Congratulations to Pittsburgh at the three spot right now. At four, we have Xavier, 17, six, and seven, or 17, six, and one at the over, my bad. Uh, been making a little bit of noise in the Big East. They have been a fun team to watch. They score a lot of points, and uh, overall, good team so far this year. At number five, a little bit of a different mold on this team, but Mississippi State, 17, and six at the under. Last game, they beat Mizzou 63-52 to in a heartbreaker for me as a Mizzou guy. Lifelong Mizzou guy, might I say. Uh, the total points in that game was 139. Of course, they did not quite get to that number. Barely beat, beat the one team. So, At number six, hurts to say it in my heart, but uh, the Huskers out of Nebraska. Currently 17-6-1 at the under. They beat Penn State 72-63. Total points set in that game was 137. At number seven, we have Montana State. 16-6-1 at the spread. They beat Northern Colorado in their last game, 75-62. They were 11.5-point favorites in that game, so they were able to just barely cover. Number eight, the Rebels out of UNLV. 
16 and 6 at the over so far this year. Uh, in the last game, they lost to Fresno State 78 to 82. The total points in that game was shattered. It uh, was only set at 132 and a half. At number nine, my boys out in Jersey, Rutgers, 16 and 7 at the spread. In their last game, they beat Michigan State 61 to 55 as five point favorites. I think I've said this before on this podcast. If not, let me put it on record that I think that. Winning at uh, Rutgers Arena is possibly the hardest thing to do in college basketball. And just so you know, I'm taking into account all the historic arenas that have big games too. I'm talking about Kansas, talking about Duke, talking about Chapel Hill over in North Carolina. All those are big blue nation, Kentucky. I'm trying to put them into perspective too. I still think that this, the Rutgers home you know, home court advantage is just about as hard as anything else. Some of those people on the East Coast, like I talked about with Philly a little bit earlier, it's insane. It's really hard to win. Um, they're ruthless. They're rude. Makes it good for home court advantage. So congratulations to Rutgers making some noise in the people's top 10 this week. To round off the people's top 10, at number 10, we have Cincinnati. 16 and 7 at the spread. They beat Central Florida 73 to 64 in the last game. They were six and a half point favorites in that game. So we're back. We had the people's top 10 again for college basketball. This one is dated as of six uh, or two six. So congratulations to everybody that made it. Um, it's a it's a big achievement. You know, you're you're doing really good at a certain aspect of the game. You're making some noise. Some people are defensive teams. Some people are just scoring galore. Other people are just playing really really good team basketball. So congratulations to everybody that made it today. All right, guys. One last thing for today. We'll make it short before we take off, but uh, we'll do a little what's hot, what's not before uh, we close up this episode. There's a couple what hots that I've thought about over the week. The main big one, um, in the best way, alcohol is kind of back. Drinking is back. Over the past month, they call it Dry January. It's a UK program initiative to get people to go 31 days off the sauce. It's a good idea. Great idea. It's great for health. Um, just a, a very nice initiative to kind of get a whole nation and try to do some healthy stuff. You'll notice that if you get off the sauce for just a little bit, you lose so much weight. Regardless, I hope that everybody's gone out and celebrated this past weekend. I think this was the first weekend officially without being January. So uh, congratulations to all that made it through dry uh, January. Uh, wish you, you know, hope, hopefully you're able to go back and enjoy uh, what, what is a pretty reasonably good thing, a fun thing to have. Not, a, you know, it responsibly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Alcohol's kind of back. Anime is also kind of back. I am actually going to try to plan out something in the off season here to maybe go through some fun anime things. It's good. I've talked to some friends about some different stuff that they've been watching. One Piece is coming out with a live, basically a human version of what their anime was. So Netflix is trying to potentially do another 
awful reenactment, you know, human reenactment of what was a very good, one of the best anime series is out there. They tried this with Death Note a little while back and it did not work. Netflix kind of ruins anime when they try to do these live action things. So I'm not very excited. I'm probably still going to watch the movie. It's really interesting to me, but I just, I'm getting a little tired of Netflix trying to overdo a good thing. You're out, you're, you're out of your boundaries doing all that. Let us enjoy the show. They know that the biggest people that love the show and love anime are going to watch it. And anime has a really, really big fan base. It's probably as tight as like K-pop fans are. People get really into it. I'm not one of those people. I enjoy a good flick, but anime is kind of back. Uh, Netflix is trying to potentially ruin what was one of the best series of all time. Outside of Naruto, for sure, at least. But interested to see what's going on there. See how it uh, works out in their favor. What's not? I got one thing, and it's also along the same lines of Netflix. Over the past week, Netflix both announced and denounced that they were going to launch a new password security plan. Ooh. So we found out in the Americas, at least, that they were going to do it, and then they notified us basically within the next two days that it was a fluke. It's not really going to happen. And now new news has come out that they are still going to enforce that plan in Costa Rica, Chile, and Puerto Rico. One other country. I can't read my handwriting on that one. But, yeah, they're still going to enforce it in a couple of those Caribbean states. So I don't know what the deal was with that. It received an insane amount of backlash. For those of you that have not heard the news, basically they're going to try to make it so you can't share within the family or within your friends because they are well aware that a good, most of the population I'd probably say, has one Netflix account and then they have multiple different users on it and they try to abuse the system as much as they can. They're trying to make it so the scrutiny was... If you do not use your home Wi-Fi, which would be the master account, within a month, you automatically cannot use the account anymore. So that was how they were going to try to enforce it. Didn't go over well. People hated it. And then they basically said, no, we're not going to do it anymore. So Netflix, making some waves. I did have them once hot because, you know, anime is doing some things. But Netflix has been on my nerves a little bit recently. Don't have to worry about the privacy enforcement thing at this moment in the Americas, but uh, it's getting talked to now, and they're setting up plans, so that's something to keep your eye out for. It's good to be back on, guys. Uh, it was just a solo show today, a little short. Hopefully you enjoyed. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good week, guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl.